I'm going out tonight. I'm feeling all right. Gonna let it all hang out. Wanna make some noise. Really raise my voice. Yeah, I wanna scream and shout. I love it. Honestly, you did an amazing job, Shania. Shania, right? Shania. Yeah, you did an amazing job. Oh, come Thank on. You. There was nothing to worry about there. That was amazing. Thank you so much. <sighs> <laughs> now, now, now the pain's all over. We can get talking construction. We can breathe. <laughs> we can breathe. Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you so you much for, for being me. on the show. This is going to be good. We're going to talk a lot about what you're doing with a, a career in, in construction, trades, and the institute and everything like that. So you're a project officer from CCAN, which is actually College and Institute of Canada, right? Correct. And then, so the website is www.careerlauncher.ca forward slash apprenticeships. And the email to reach you is trades at careerlauncher.ca. And you can find her and the team at Career Launcher on Facebook, Careers to Launch on Twitter, and then CCAN Career Launcher on LinkedIn. Did I get everything right? I think I got everything you right. Sure did. Okay, so let me do a couple of quick shout outs. Frank and the boys, I'm wearing Deluso Thailand Stone and I'm itching to have you back on the show because uh, we have to continue the conversation that we had last year, or the year before. So thanks so much for the tea. I wear it all the time. It fits nicely. And then I also want to do another shout out to Dennis Costa of Avis Concepts and the whole crew, Dennis and the entire crew at, at the Avis family for all of their hard work that they provide for clients, friends and family, handling home integration, HVAC, electrical, plumbing, contracting and developing. Please check out their work online and in person. Reach out to all of them on IG under avis underscore concepts underscore inc avis underscore plumbing underscore inc avis underscore developments underscore inc avis underscore heating and air underscore inc avis underscore electric underscore inc for any of the questions that you want to ask them and book your next project with them email is inquiries at avis and concepts.com his number to text him is 416-857-1726 and his website is www.avisandconcepts.com and also you can listen to their story on show number 252 right here on the construction life that was a big one because he's got so many companies attached to everything. So thanks, Dennis, so much for being a huge supporter of the show. Ashley, um, yeah. we met at the Con Concrete Expo, right? We did. We got talking about the industry, and it's amazing that um, a lot of change starts with talk. So you guys are doing good things. I want you to share what's going on and what you guys are doing and how you can help the industry. And I'm hoping that a lot of tradespeople individually or small business owners or even big business owners are listening so that they can reach out to you and start talking about the new crop of people that are coming into the industry that are going to thrive in this industry. So where do we want to begin? So I just want to begin by um, saying thank you again for having me on. No and Welcome. Um, right now I'm working on a project uh, that is providing financial incentives of up to $10,000 to small and medium sized employers in the construction and manufacturing trades to help them hire first year apprentices. So what we really want to do is focus on the employer and especially the small to medium ones. So any business under 499 employees, we know that it's difficult times right now for everybody. And we know that there's a huge gap 
that's existing right now in the trades industry. And so the more we can help bridge that gap by offering these financial incentives um, to take on these apprentices, I think it will help in the long run, not only bridge the gap, but also help a lot of businesses grow their business to have the apprentice then eventually stay with them and potentially turn into their journey person to train new apprentices. So I do, I do want to talk about the good and the bad about both sides, right? Because I guess my first question is, where are the apprentice, apprentices coming from to begin with? And because I, and I only bring this up, Ashley, and I know that we talked about it briefly as well, too, is that a lot of business owners, whether I know more business owners in the industry that have smaller shops, probably I would say 20 employees and less. Sometimes it's even one or two employees only, right? Depending on how many family members they have, how many siblings they have, right? So that's how mm-hmm. big their business is. But where are they coming from and their reluctance to not want to bring on these new kids, Uh, So that's a great question. Um, And touching on kind of what you mentioned earlier in terms of relations, um, we have noticed that the trades are no longer um, generational. Um, So before it used to be my dad worked in the trades, So I worked in the trades or my uncle and, you know, you'd sit around the table talking about the trades and that's how a lot of um, trades progressed. However, now um, we're seeing more people, entering different career paths. And with the apprentices, I think there's just still a lot of stigma um, around the trades. So it's narrowing our pool of people who could potentially benefit from going into a trade rather than being pushed into a different direction. Uh, We're also gonna be hopefully getting all these apprentices through uh, our relationship with our member colleges. So CICAN is the the voice of Canada's colleges and institutes at home and abroad. And our member colleges are one of our biggest target to communicate with. So we're actually reaching out to these member colleges and informing the coordinators of the trade programs. We're touching base with our pre-trade apprentices and helping them get the information so they can then utilize it to market themselves to these employers. Because what I'm also seeing these days is a gap between the employers being able to find the apprentices and the apprentices being able to find the employers. So I think it's a nice kind of buffer for us to be communicating with both sides to then help them come together. So we also, we have a job board on our website that a lot of our employers are posting to. And then once we connect with our colleges, um, if the employers have any questions on how to get in touch or how to find an apprentice, we connect them with either the career center at the college near them, or we help get them onto our job board or just figure out ways to kind of brainstorm around it. Okay. And now has the process gotten a lot easier for the contractors to make that connection or, or is there a lot of paperwork? I know that the first time that I brought on an OYAP student for sake, uh, there was probably a phone, an old telephone uh, book amount of paperwork Mm -hmm. that needed to be reviewed and signed and everything like that. So are we that much still, or is it kind of complicated or has it been streamlined? So what's great is um, CICAN is a delivery organization for this program that is funded by the federal government. And we're able to make this program 
um, a little bit more simplified in terms of the application process, because we know that people these days don't have time to be filling out 100 page applications and back and forth with um, approvals. So we wanted to make it as seamless as possible for these employers to apply for the program. And then we stick with you every step of the way in terms of once you apply, we then tell you to sign your contract. Once your contract is signed, you're then eligible to hire your apprentice and then register them with your provincial ministry. Once that's done and you receive your registration documents, you provide them to us as proof that they've been hired and then we send you the money. And that's it. That's that, that's as simple that's as it. it is. Yeah, we've actually been taking um, we've actually been tracking how long the applications have been taking and the average is five minutes to fill out the application, to fill out the application to apply for our financial incentive. Yes. OK. And then I guess I wanted to ask is what can contractors do business owners to better prepare themselves for this whole process so then they don't like you know us you know us that we're a funny bunch of people i call a colorful cast of characters that's how i call it right because we are and the moment that there's a little bit of a hiccup or a little bit of frustration we just dismiss it and get right back onto the tools and start working and so we forget about it so what can the contractors and the business owners do to kind of prepare for making this a successful uh process so what we're actually in development uh in in process of development right now actually is a kind of one-stop shop um, website. So I look online all the time trying to figure out streamlining avenues and where do people get access to incentives for their employees or where do they get access to learning about retention or onboarding. And we decided that there wasn't anything out there that was just a one-stop hub. So we created it. So right now we're in the development process. There's going to be uh, videos and it's basically a train the trainer module um, kind of site where It'll have all the different provinces throughout Canada and there's specificities throughout each province. Um, it'll teach the employer how to train, onboard, and retain their new apprentice. Um, and not only in, not in a way that they already know how, they know how to do the construction work, but with the ever-changing world that we live in, um, there's new terminology, there's new ways to approach people, there's new ways to make sure that your retention stays high, because we know, um, as a fact right now, the retention is very low. So we're making this for the employer. So once you apply to the program, you'll have access to this website to be able to utilize in whatever way benefits you the most. Okay, and then we're looking at hiring these new crop of kids to come into the industry um how long i mean do you guys still stay on board with us as this whole process is going on so if we've got more and more questions we can still come back at you guys and just say okay this is what's going on is there a review process with the apprentice um like all those kinds of steps are they all involved in there uh, so basically you apply for the program. We, again, you sign your contract saying that you're going to be hiring them. You're not going to triple dip throughout different funding programs. Um, and we have our email slash help desk that we communicate with you um, in an ongoing process. So okay. 
anytime you submit something, we reply with what your next step is. So we, we are with you every step of the way. We do want you to get this funding. We know that it's difficult to even hire an apprentice these days because of the amount of money it costs for tools and PPE training, and time. training. Yeah. So we, again, we don't, once you have that money also, there is no follow-up as in like, show me proof that you use this money for this. We're not going to tell you how to use the money. We're not, we trust that you as an employer know what to do and what your business needs. So that I think is one of the biggest pros in this program is that we're not going to, we're not going to step on your toes in terms of how you utilize your funding. We're not going to micromanage you in terms of how you handle the apprentice. We're going to check in with you maybe six months down the line just to ask, hey, how's it going? Did your apprentice stay with you? Yes, no. We're not going to take the money back if it's a no. We do understand that you tried, you put your best foot forward to bridge the gap. And if it doesn't work out, it's not your fault. So we really don't want to penalize employers. We really are just here to support them and ensure that every step along the way, they get what they need from us and be supported. So that actually brings up a good point. What if it doesn't work out? Like how quickly do you guys want to be notified that okay this relationship is not working out and we don't you think don't. sorry you do not, you do not have to tell us that okay. it did not work out if it didn't work out that is your business it's your company or a company you work for um you do not have to divulge that it did not work out okay so there's no time limit on it so if it's the first week and they're working with you and it doesn't work out and then you're saying listen we have to let you go that's just not how it is and that's it and then the apprentice gets put back into the pool to go someplace else? It's their choice. The apprentice can choose to go on a completely different career path. The apprentice could choose a completely different trade. They could go, but you have, like with apprenticeships, if that apprentice registered with the ministry, say as a plumber, then they leave one company and go to another company. That other company is not going to get the incentive for that apprentice because they're already registered with the ministry. Okay. With our program, to be very specific for everybody listening, you do have to sign the contract first. And then once that's signed, we'll tell you now you're eligible to go hire or register that first year apprentice. Got it. Okay. And then are you seeing... Um... Are you seeing more apprentices that are wanting to go into the commercial side of the industry or the residential side of the industry? Is there a balance? I'm assuming more are wanting to get into the commercial. I would say commercial also, but again, I don't have statistics on anything like that. Okay. Um, I would, yeah, no, I am not a hundred percent sure. I would assume commercial only because maybe there's more variety. Or yeah, that's why I, that's my assumption as well too. And I guess it leads me to my next question: is that which trades are becoming the popular trades for these apprentices? apprentices yeah, so apprentices. I, um, welding and electrical are the top two, um, especially for women actually going into the trades. Really? Okay. So, that's what I've heard from several of our different member colleges is that the enrollment um, numbers with women are top two would be uh, welding and electrical. And even with employers, whenever I speak with them, they mention that uh, the female welders uh, are a little bit more um, intricate and um, just more fun. 
fine finishing and Finesse. yeah so. <laughs> i i could see that but uh what would the bottom two be trade wise least interested in then i mean i'm just yeah um, um yeah, I don't know. We have 39 Red Seal trades that are approved for this program. Okay. So So there's a variety. I mean, there's a variety. Yeah, it's all construction and manufacturing. Um, I was speaking with a few people at uh, different events, and I would say it's the trades that are kind of more in need are the ones that aren't as advertised or, you know, like a sprinkler fitter, for example. Somebody wouldn't necessarily you know, think, oh, okay, I'm going to grow up and be a sprinkler fitter. So it's more of a, just a trade that isn't as um, advertised, I would say. Where do you get your start if you want to get into that specific trade? How do you get your start? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Mostly looking on job boards, um, I would say. Uh, And then the, uh, the schools do a lot of career fairs. So I find the um, different, like uh, more specified trades, what they'll do is they'll go to those career fairs to kind of get their foot out, get their foot out the door and, you know, get that, um, that visibility to people. So they now know, oh, this is an option. Oh, this is an amazing option. Question, is this all applicable to new immigrants coming to the country if they're still going through the process of permanent resident? Okay, it is, right? So- What's amazing is this program is offering up to $10,000 to hire this first year apprentice. Now, the $10,000 is for anybody from um, an equity deserving group. So that would fall under women, Indigenous people, and newcomers to Canada. So the newcomers to Canada, um, if you've been here less than 10 years, then you qualify to automatically receive the employer automatically receives ten thousand um, dollars. So ten and years, a decade. Else, a decade is a new. Yeah. Co- uh, that that okay. almost yeah. seems like you'd be established by then. And um, yeah. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. great. To, that's amazing to hear. Actually, honestly, to be very honest, I I love that because there are I've bumped into and I've had on the show several immigrants that are just getting started they just got onto the you know the industry and they love it and they they brought their talents from wherever they came from so we're seeing more of that so it's good that our government's being supportive of that Profasco Brock White Construction Materials and National Concrete Accessories combines the best of each brand's 50-plus-year legacy now as one team across Canada. Whether you need professional-grade construction materials, tools, or safety supplies, their team can help you get what you need from the leading trusted brands in the professional business. Their experienced and knowledgeable associates provide technical support, sourcing and quotations, delivery, local pickup, and stocked offerings, plus so much more. So whether you need concrete accessories, masonry products, fasteners, or power tools, the teams at Profasco, Brock White, and NCA can get what you need to complete your project. With over 70 locations across Canada, trust the Whitecap Supply Canada team for your next project. You can reach out to them and find your nearest location at profasco.com, nca.ca, and brockwhite.ca. Yeah, I agree. Um, especially because, you know, as you say, you, you know, you seem established after 10 years, but the 10 years these days isn't that long. A lot of people, again, with the stigma in the trades think, oh, it's going to take me five years to become an electrician. That's so long. But in retrospect, 
you know, in five years, you have a career that is only going to get you so much more further in life. So really it's, it's not a long period of time to, when you think about it in ways of how long it takes to even obtain a journey person's license. I get, okay. The other question I want to ask you, Ashley, is that now this is mostly geared towards businesses, but can, can a tradesperson who's looking to bring on somebody for, I guess they're working for a business. Can they apply for this program or it has to be the business that's applying for this program? So we do need the business number. So what, (laughs) what we suggest sometimes at trade shows, even that we've been to, um, because the company will send representatives. Yes. Uh, so a lot of the journey people will actually come to the events and I tell them all the time, I'm like, listen, you know, you bring this forward to your boss and you tell them, you know, this is a financial incentive. It's 10 grand. I brought this to you. I want you to use some of this and I'll train the apprentice. Yeah. You know, use it as a way to market yourself, use it as a way as a student to market yourself, you know, or as a business, because again, you know, we don't tell you how to use the money. So anybody bringing this forward into a business, you know, use this to get your new apprentice some tools or, you know, a lot of women come into different, um, different trades and all the shirts are only extra large and it's actually more of a hazard for them to be working in that than it is for them to be working in regular clothing. So, you know, buy a couple of small, um, flame retardant shirts, you know, think about expanding your business with this financial incentive, you know, are you only allowed to, uh, one, one apprentice at, at a time? Is that the idea or can an employer actually hire more? So the apprentice, so the program's allowing two apprentices per fiscal. Okay. So the program, so before end of March, 2024, you could have two, so you could get up to $20,000. Okay. So, and ideally the hope is that they do so well that they're expanding and then they have more work and then they're expanding their business, right? That's the idea. Exactly. Yeah. The whole hope is to help businesses grow. And, you know, we've had all these reports coming out from Employment and Social Development Canada saying that, you know, we have 700,000 skilled workers that are going to retire by 2028, or there's going to be um, a shortage of 60,000 apprentices by 2025. So the more that we can help these new students, laborers, uh, people, um, come into a job that is an amazing career and an amazing financial opportunity for their family or themselves, then, you know, the better for them, the better for the business, the better for the economy, do you know, I'm just curious, do you know offhand how much the government is committed to, to doing this for this program? What have they allocated? Uh, the total amount of funding? Yeah. No, because there are several different delivery organizations that have been uh, tasked um, okay. or have applied to promote this program throughout all of Canada. 
So different funding was released to different delivery organizations. Got it. Okay. I was just curious because I'm trying to figure out, because I know that we just recently had a guest on about certain funding that the Minister of Ontario, Labor Minister of Ontario, uh, allocated $183,000 or some of that for some new kids in a, in a brick masonry school. And I, I wanted to try to find out if that was per student or per class or per year, semester or whatever. So I'm just trying to figure out. I guess it's more about me trying to find out exactly where all the dollars are going. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, as much as we, I would love to say that government should be run better than a business, it's not really mm-hmm. being run better than a business. It's, we can all laugh. I know I totally, and I laugh as well too. But it's like if we ran our business sometimes the way that government run their business, we wouldn't have a business. So the end result of it is to, to have this funding to attract more kids to come into the industry, have contractors that are really interested in training, educating, and inspiring this younger generation to come in because we mm-hmm. know this for a fact. I think you and I have talked about it, but I've also spoken about it to other people. It's, it's a five to seven year process from the time that kid starts. And, and I talk kid, it could be a career changing person from their thirties or forties or whatever, but that yeah. person starting, you're not seeing profitability from that person for five to seven years, if not a little bit longer. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, there's a lot to ask, right? So if they're Absolutely. asking a lot from Absolutely. us, then we're just going to ask, okay, so how much money is really being, uh, contributed to this and how yeah. long has this program been going on for Ashley and, and how long do they plan on continuing this program? So this program is quite new. It only just started last August um, and it's running until March of 2024 until okay. we see um, what the numbers are. So once the government kind of sees how all these delivery organizations are doing they'll reconvene and see whether or not they want to extend the program or whether or not they want to go about it in a different way. So hopefully they extend it. um, And hopefully we can continue to promote and, you know, it's inevitable that we need tradespeople. So it would be, it would be a little silly to stop helping the employers take on Yes. New apprentices. Yeah, I agree. Um, and how is it looking so far? I mean, I guess we're, what are we, May now? So we're almost coming close to a year. And is the program looking good? Is it looking great that the, the results are there? Like a lot of kids? The results are coming in. What what the issue, like what happens in projects is it, it does take time. You know, it takes about a minimum of six months to get all your marketing information together, to get all your outreach information together, and then start to promote the project. So with us being um, connected with the colleges, it's started to trickle in, which is great news because there's um, different intakes for the pre-apprenticeships. So you kind of have to wait for those intakes to start for the applications to come through or finish before the applications come through. So what's nice is, yeah, we end up getting quite like a lot of spurts. So we'll get lots of applications all of a sudden by, you know, the end of their eight week program of pre-apprenticeships and then the next eight weeks go, and then we get another spurt of applications. Okay. Um, But it just goes to show that it's working with the students helping themselves, you know, by bringing this forward and saying, if you hire me, then I know I not only come with soft skills from the college, but I also come with this financial incentive to help you offset the costs of taking me on as an apprentice. 
Let me do a little bit of history and construction here, Ashley. Um, there were 534,000 people employed in Ontario construction industry, comprising of 7.2% of Ontario's workforce in 2021. The construction industry contributed to 7.7% to Ontario's uh, GDP in 2021. Between 2020 and 2021, the output in, in, in the industry grew 6.6%. Um, how many people work in the construction industry in Canada? It's gone up a little bit since I've shared it on the show. Do you have an idea what that number is? Uh, how much it's gone up by? No, no, no. How many people work in the actual construction industry in Canada? Oh, in Canada? Oof. Um, yeah, no, I wouldn't have an exact <laughs> No, no problem. It's, it's, it's 1.4 million. So I, okay. I, it wasn't that long ago that it was 1.3, but now it's at 1.4. Uh, okay. And then what percentage of Canadian workers in construction uh, approximately... So how, what percentage of Canadian work is in construction approximately seven percent of the canadian workforce is construction mm -hmm. uh what is the largest workforce in canada biggest industries of employment in canada for 2023 so far is hospitals uh followed by full service restaurants supermarkets grocery stores and then fast food restaurants colleges and universities it consulting commercial banking engineering services that's i just want to share a little bit of <laughs> uh, we're talking to Ashley Van Fort, CCAN Colleges and Institute of Canada, www.careerlauncher.ca forward slash apprenticeships. You can reach her at trades at careerlauncher.ca and on Facebook, it's Career Launcher. And on Twitter, it's Careers to Launch. And then on LinkedIn, it's CCAN Career Launcher. All right. So, what else do I want to ask you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we could talk about how, no, how they apply. We know how they apply. We know how much they're getting. They get support along the way. We make it easy for you to sign up to the program. I guess what's the catch? That's my word. Exactly. That's my question. Yes. What's, what's the catch? Is there a catch? The top question that everybody asks, what's the catch? It's a government-funded program. There must be 10,000 pages. <laughs> must require my blood type. There's got to be something. What's the I catch? <laughs> exactly. What's the catch? But there isn't, a, there isn't one, right? I mean, if you want to say a catch is that you have to be a small to medium business, you have to be under 499 employees. But that's, but that's a lot of construction. That is that if you have multiple business numbers, you can get two apprentices per business number. Okay. So that's pretty exciting. Um, I would say that there's 39 construction and manufacturing red seal trades. That might be a catch that you have to fall under one of those trades. Uh, you have to make sure that you register for the program prior to hiring the apprentice. So if you send me a registered training agreement that was signed three months ago and then sign your contract today, I'm going to say you don't qualify unfortunately. However, uh, there is something new that just came out because Alberta um, is has signed new legislation that uh, anybody can register for um, uh, like a registered training agreement apprentice number and you don't have to have an employer. So usually you have to have an employer in order to sign up to be an apprentice. But because of this huge gap, um, Alberta is actually allowing people to register and get a book and do classes and have those count as their hours. 
So we were concerned because we figured, okay, they already have a number. They probably won't qualify for the program. Like that's kind of going to take Alberta out of the game. But we reached out to Employment and Social Development Canada and they realized that that would be a detriment to the country. So they're allowing their, um, they're allowing those people once they sign with uh, an employer, the employer will sign the contract with us and then hire that apprentice. And then they just have to prove that they hired the apprentice after us. But the registered training agreement date will not be as not be relevant like it would be in other provinces. So that's super exciting to hear. Is that going to follow in other provinces? Or I, That's I, a good question. I would hope so, because at least we're like right now, I think the top issue with most people is that or most employers is that they're one, they can't find an apprentice Two, if they find an apprentice, they're not finding an apprentice with soft skills. Um, you know, I've had, I've had people in the roofing industry tell me, Oh, our apprentice showed up and asked why they had to climb a ladder today. And I said, but you're roofing. That can't possibly make any sense, but apparently it happens. Okay. So everybody just wants somebody with some kind of experience or some kind of, bits of information as to what they're going to be doing prior to the job. So that's another thing that our portal is hopefully going to help these employers with is to kind of prep people before they get onto a site as to what to expect or, and um, how to make sure that, you know, you're hiring somebody that knows what is going to be expected of them. Are they, I mean, I don't, I don't know too much about the apprenticeship programs or their first year or what they're being taught at the very beginning there, but I'm just assuming that they would be past the PPE stage and they totally would be fine with uh, their WMIS. Like they would have this kind of training already, or somebody's already spoken to them about this, that you, you're getting into construction. Yeah. This is like breathing. You need to exactly. know this and have this, right? which is why it's nice that these pre-apprenticeship programs have been designed so that you have students who can start and do this short kind of condensed version of a trade and then decide then and there, oh, I didn't waste two years or five years or whatever. I decided, oh, this is not for me. Or I've realized, wow, what an incredible opportunity this is for my future and then they realize, oh, shoot, I better get my math skills up because <laughs> I didn't realize how hard this was going to be. Yeah. Um, but at least they go into it, you know, getting that little bit of information and then they come out either able to continue or they make that decision themselves. So I guess empowering people again. Is there I'm just wondering, is there. Um, have you come across a, a student that's just getting into the industry and for whatever reason, they were just hopping from one trade to the next trade. They just couldn't find the trade that they were interested in. And, and they, I haven't, no? I really haven't. Okay. So it's no. pretty, it's pretty directional. So they, they choose this trade and then they get into that and they kind of grows from there, but yeah. Okay. For the most part, either you get into the trade and you realize this is for me or you get into the trade and you realize I can't hack it. This is not for me. I'm out. Cause I find nowadays people are very much more um, impulsive and direct and this is what I'm doing and I'm going to go for it or I'm not going to go for it or, you know, I'm going to change my mind today and tomorrow and whatever, which is why I think retention is actually quite low 
um, because people get into something and then they realize, no, no, it's not for me today. So it's not for me. Yeah. Um, I think with the trades, like you want to find people who are committed to, you know, anything (laughs) and have, you know, a good work ethic and, um, you know, it starts, it starts at home and it starts early on in your life, which again is why I think the stigma in the trades has always been a bit of a challenge going forward, no matter what, because it starts with the parents who are going to either teach their child to be a doctor or a lawyer, or they're going to teach them that trades people provide very fulfilling careers and that they're needed throughout the country to continue our infrastructure and that the economy relies on. It does. Yeah. So, but I mean, also there's a flip side to that coin too, where it's the employer because they, they have to have a certain kind of mindset to understand that work ethic or that new person that's coming into construction because it's too easy to just kind of dismiss the kid, dismiss the person who's just getting started. Like you said, at the start of the show, the generational tradesperson is slowly disappearing right? It's not there anymore, right? And so you're getting a lot of people that, and it's really refreshing to see it. You're getting a lot of people that I'm the first one in my family to get into trades. I'm hearing Mm -hmm. that statement quite a bit, which is great to hear. Um, It's sad that the generational is kind of uh, disappearing. But yeah, yeah, I mean, employees have to be kind of conscious and fair about who the new face is, right? 100% and fair is, you know, a word that has been kind of going around quite a bit because I think there's a lot of difficulty in terms of the employer realizing the difference when we mention things like equity deserving. Um, There's a lot of confusion between equality versus equity and what that, what the difference is, what it means, you know, we're, whereas, you know, I have, I have different employers saying, nope, everybody's treated equally this is how it works and it works great. Um, but equal is giving people access to the same resource. You know, equity is ensuring that each person has access to achieve the goals of the company. So we really want to kind of drive that home that we're not saying that we only want to give 5,000 to certain groups and we want to give 10,000 to certain groups because there's a better or a worse. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with achieving the goals of the company and how to best do that for them. It's good to hear that. I want to ask you, Ashley, what's, what's your construction? What's the background of it? Do you have any construction background or? Uh, So I worked at Algonquin college for about 10 years. So I worked a lot with the apprenticeship programs over there. Uh, my husband's an electrician, so he was a late in life transition to the trades. Actually, he had his own business with hardwood flooring and then did a couple of jobs. And then um, a friend of his, because back then it was all who, you know, of course, it wasn't you can just apply and you can get in. It was you had to know somebody in this company or else you're not getting in as an electrician or even plumber or all the the better, the bigger known trades. HVAC. Yeah. (laughs) HVAC especially. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so he knew somebody and he just pedaled to the metal and we had to just grind it out for a few years because again, back then the apprentices were not getting paid what they're getting paid now. (laughs) So it was a different time. It was really just, it was knowing that at the end of it, 
he was going to have this amazing career and he had great teachers along the way, both in the business and at the schools. So it worked out really great. And, you know, now I have an electrician at home. <laughs> <laughs> now you have as many pot lights as you need and, and dimmer yeah. switches as you need. That's what it's there amazing. So basically the message is just marry a tradesperson. That's all it is. And yeah. you're all set. No. Um, how far back were you at school there when you were uh, working with the trades as well and the apprentice there? How far back are we talking about? Uh, 2013. Okay. So not too long ago. And do you feel that they've changed dramatically or are they still the same? We all have the same kind of questions that are going on. We all have that kind of, and, and, and I had it too, deer in the headlight look when you get on a job site for the very first time and you're intimidated and you're nervous because you're seeing everybody look like they know what they're doing. Yeah. But, and by yeah. means, all you young people that are getting in, not everybody knows what they're doing, right? They no, just exactly. may look like it, but not everybody does. Yeah. Um, I would say it's the same in term of that, underlying fear, like going into any new job. Of course. Um, I would say there's also an additional underlying worry because there are so many new groups of people coming into the trades that were not in the trades before. So you worry about um, discrimination. You worry about what's going to be said to you because, um, and I don't want to say traditionally, but um in, in some cases, you know, the trades were very uh, heavy in terms of, oh, oh, yeah, the apprentice, the guy that sweeps the floor. Oh, the apprentice, you know, my 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 slave for the day or so I think that now we just need to, again, just educate and help the trades industry um, transition into the next phase that is making sure that there's space for everybody and that, you know, any, it's not that anybody can do this job because that's not the case. That's not true. Um, but there are people who really want to. And if you make space for them, they'll probably blow you away. I do want to tell the apprentice that, um, that are listening, uh, there's myself and a lot of other GCs or business owners that we still pick up a broom and we still <laughs> sweep things up and we still clean the job site because we have pride that's attached to our brand and when a homeowner does make a surprise visit or inspectors or anybody we want a job site that's um, clean and organized yeah. and so we still do all that stuff and i particularly love throwing out coffee cups that are just left anywhere especially on my table saw i'll purposely go after those coffee cups and throw them out right so you either take your coffee with you and drink it or you get it thrown out so yeah. and what you're doing there manny is you're you're teaching that apprentice that they can look up and to you and respect their environment because you want them to have somebody showing them that this is the right way to do things and leading by example. So it's, it's fantastic that you come and do that. You know, I do see lots of job sites now where um, the bigger bosses will show up from time to time just to do, you know, a half an hour with, you know, with the skilled trade workers just to be there because, you know, you're there and you're showing them that, in every level, you know, we all started somewhere. Yes. They just want to pick your brain. 
That's all it is. And if you have yeah. the time and they can ask you a few questions, just yeah. pick a brain. I've had this happen all the time ever since I got on social media and I started voicing my thoughts about the construction industry. I had hundreds of people just DM me, text me. I would give out my phone number. My phone number is given out right now. I love it because all the marketing companies have just attacked me and I'm like, okay, whatever. But I mean, I give it out because I want to have conversations because I think there's a lot of questions that apprentice will not ask um in in a in a text they actually want to speak to you because they want to dive yeah. deeper into this question and try to figure out exactly because obviously every question you answer they're going to ask another question because guess what i did the same thing at the very beginning <laughs> it was never just one question right but i do love younger trades that are coming up to me let me ask you just one question Manny. i know you're busy and i know it's never one question but the idea is that i will always answer to the best of my knowledge that question and if i don't know it i will put you in touch with a tradesperson that knows that question and then they will educate you and that's what i've i'm proud of the fact that i surrounded myself by people that are willing to teach and share and that's yeah. what's a really important detail of the construction industry that the apprentice they need to know that that's out there. If you meet somebody that doesn't want to teach and share, then move on to somebody else because you're not going to change that person. That old okay. dog is going to stay that way and just leave it at that. So find another dog that will teach and share. Okay. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. It's all about educating and that's how you grow. Do you know, Ashley, is there, okay, I don't want to pick on the government because uh, you guys are funded and worked with them. So, I mean, can the government do more? Can we as an industry do more? Can we always like, are, are we, I, I've always said Canada should be doing more and leading because we've got such a strong construction industry, but we're not leaders in the construction industry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, the answer is always yes. We can always be doing more. Um, you really like, for me, I would say you really want to analyze what worked and what didn't, and yeah. then move forward with, you know, your strategy. Um, but at this point, you know, I would say don't limit the amount of apprentices that can be hired by a business. If you want lots of apprentices, then let's not limit the number to two. Let's limit the number to five. That's if you're actually, worried about them yeah. taking all the, all the funding, like we, it, it's irrelevant. The, we want apprentices end of discussion. That's actually a really good point. Like, why not open it up? Because if you've got a business that's really getting into the groove of educating and wanting to bring more people in, yeah. why limit them? I never understood that about the actual uh, Red Seal program. It's like there was limitations yeah. on how many you can bring on board, right? And they've already limited the ratios. So yes. if, if you have a business where a journeyman person can take on an apprentice and you have multiple journey people who can do this, then they're a big enough business that they're going to grow and like, we're going to help them. That's, I thought that was the whole point. So I would say that in their evaluation process, I would hope that that would be something that would be reconsidered. So hopefully for maybe the next round when they're really exactly. evaluating yeah. everything. Yeah. They're always looking and seeing, because as delivery organizations, we connect with Employment and Social Development Canada to tell them, you know, where our struggles are and what we can do better and what we think might, you know, be more beneficial. And so they will look into that and evaluate and hopefully um, adjust the program in the 
re-evaluation of it all. Um, I wanted to ask you, because I guess it's different times. When, when I immigrated here was in the late 70s, early 80s, and I guess like my dad came and my family, and he got right into construction right away because he was in construction back then. It was mm-hmm. a different time. Like you came here, you immigrated here. There was no shortage of people that could find work, and they always found work in construction. Obviously, that changed, and the way everything is changing tech-wise and construction, as we talked about stigmas and things like that, I'm just trying to figure out what else can we do to continue that kind of get back to that state where you had a lot of immigrants coming in and all of a sudden just want to gravitate towards that. Um, Are we still trying to do that? Uh, The government is trying to do that, but the immigration isn't even isn't high enough. Um, So I was just reading something that said that, you know, I think it was like 2000 immigrants is what their goal is every year um, for trades. And I think they they've been under that the past couple of years. That's such a small number. Yeah, it is a small number. That's what I was shocked for also. Um, Regardless, it's uh, I really just I think it just starts like in the schools when you're younger Um, in any in any country and in any place, because, you know, if you know, I don't know if when you were younger, you had like people coming into the schools, but I used to have either a police officer come in and say, this is what we look like. This is who you can go to for safety. Or I would have a construction worker come in. This is what construction workers do. This is the kind of work and, and show kids and get them excited rather than waiting until it's too late. Because at this point, like, I think we're spending all this time on educating older kids who have already been told for years, this is what we think you should do as a job by their parents, by their educators, by their guidance counselors, by their peers. Yeah. So, I mean, in any country, it's, it's similar, right? You have that dynamic that goes from young to old. So, um, we, we did have police officers come to our school, but it wasn't for career day or anything like that. It would be for other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> when we did have career day, like sometimes the police officers would show up and the contractor would show up. And all of a sudden you started thinking if the rest of the village people would show up. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> and I agree They're with you. They're not allowed to show up anymore. So, you know, <laughs> I totally sure. agree with you that I think that everybody has to be on the same page. So you've got to get guidance counselors. You've got to get the parents. You've got to get the community. You've got to get the circle of friends. You've got to get... I'm always asking young people that get into the construction industry what else do your circle of friends do what career options have they chosen and and i'm always i'm always interested in that i want to know because what you surround yourself with is what's going to propel you towards what you want to do right so yeah. um and what i, I do, agree with I you. Talk to, oh sorry no no go ahead go ahead oh i was going to say i talk to you know other moms and ask them what they're saying to their kids you know, what are you asking your kid about in terms of when they grow up? Because you always have those conversations with your kids. And I had somebody message me the other day saying, I'm so happy I had this conversation with you because I was talking to my kid and saying, yeah, lots of people want to be doctors or lawyers. And I caught myself realizing that I didn't even know that I had this underlying stigma. And it's just giving somebody that little bit of information that, the trades are 
above and beyond what a lot of people think they think they are. Should so, we be should we be sending messaging to parents? Should the government should be? I'd love to see some advertisements that's directed to, towards it. parents, just parents alone. Parents. Yeah, yeah. I think right? that would be a great a great opportunity to see what are we thinking about here. Because yeah. everybody's got busy lives, but they're maybe not really listening to what's what options yeah. there are out there, right? Or even books, right? Yeah. You see all these books out there for what do I want to be when I grow up, or how do I decide? And you know, now that we have artificial intelligence writing stuff for us and all that kind of thing, you know, it's not going to hit construction just yet. So we'll wait for that one. So let me talk a little yeah. bit of OBC talk. If I would have known your husband was electrician, I would have did electrical, but I'm going to do some quick information on fireplaces. Um, yeah. What is the, the fire code requirements in Ontario? Combustible material shall not be placed on or near the face of the fireplace within 150 millimeters of the fireplace opening, except that where the combustible material projects more than 38 mil. Out from the face of the fireplace above the opening, such material shall be at least 300 millimeters above the top of the opening. What is the minimum clearance for a gas fireplace in Canada? Any idea? Mm. Clearance of combustible materials. What's the minimum? Three feet. <laughs> Six inches. That's the minimum clearance. <laughs> I know, I know. Is the clearance extra for... Extra save. <laughs> You're being extra safe. Required on either side of the opening, and it's 12 inches above as required for the opening uh, if the facing projects more than one and a half inches. Do you need a hearth for a gas fireplace? Yes. Since no combustion or burning or solid fuel happens inside a gas fireplace, they typically don't require a hearth, though it's best to check the manufacturer's requirements. So the OBC is not asking, but the, the manufacturer might be asking. How far can you vent a fireplace? I actually didn't know this one. A gas fireplace. Mm. Take a guess. Like square footage? No, no, length. Know. Linear footage. Length. Oh, uh. I don't know, 10 feet. <laughs> Total length of a vent pipe cannot exceed more than 40 feet, 12.2 meters. The minimum vertical height with roof termination is 8 feet, 2.4 meters. Any combustion of rise and run can be used as long as they are not, are, as long as they are within the allowable limits shown on the chart. A maximum of five times 90 degree elbows or equivalent of 245 degree, 90 degree can be used. So there's lots of rules, but a lot of this is kind of overlapped by the OBC and also the manufacturer, depending on what unit you're installing and how big the unit is. Ashley Van Fort, SeaCan uh, Colleges and Institute of Canada, www.careerlauncher.ca forward slash apprenticeships, trades at careerlauncher.ca and Facebook Career Launcher, Twitter careers, careers to Launch, and on LinkedIn, SeaCan, it's a C I C A N, Career Launcher. Okay, so I don't hear anything negative. I only hear everything positive and it makes sense for all the small business owners that I know of and that are listening to the show to actually go down this route and find the next apprentice that's going to be working on their job sites, on their projects and educate them and teach them and then bring them up. And then one day teach them to the point where they can run their own business and then they'll bring on an apprentice. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it be nice? Even <laughs> if you don't want to go looking and you have a laborer on staff, Ask that laborer if they're interested in becoming an apprentice. That's actually a good point. That's right. 
Because you guys are looking for both sides. Yeah. Doesn't matter who you are. You know, you can, you already have the experience with the company if you're a laborer. So. Are we seeing more women get into the industry? We are steady at the same rate. Okay. I would say last year they said there was about 4% of women in construction manufacturing. So that's, and that's grown a little bit then. It's gone up by 1%, which is good. 1%. Yeah. Yes, I believe. I know the yeah. U.S. has a slightly higher uh, ratio. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know offhand what other countries are actually doing better or worse. Um, but I was going to ask you about that. What are other countries that you know of, what are they doing to attract more trades into the industry? Do they have programs like this as well, too? I don't know, to okay. be honest. Oh, I was just curious. Outside of Canada, no. I've just been very hyper-focused on what our country can do to bridge the gap and make things easier for the employers. Because we do need to fill that void. That's really important. And so we need more people to come in, but we need also a lot more teachers to be willing to teach, right? Contractors. 100%. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So what else do we want to know, Ashley? Uh, let's see. Um, oh, I mean, the best part is the money, right? All the, all the people out there are struggling with inflation and everything like that so you know if you're saying like oh i can't take on an apprentice it's too much for me right now then we're here to offer you a little bit of relief so the financial incentive is up to ten thousand dollars small to medium-sized employers construction manufacturing trades we want you to be able to hire a new apprentice and we really just want you to know that we're there to support you along the way, that we have relationships with colleges throughout all of Canada, and that um, you are our priority. And we really just want to see better futures for the people in our community. Are you getting an idea? Are you, are you, have you had conversations with some of the contractors, the businesses that have taken on Apprentice, where they're actually allocating the funds? Are they using it to set them up with new tools? Are they using it for actual wages? Are they using it to? Yeah, I would say wages okay. are the biggest, All right. the biggest one we've seen, um, especially uh, because, again, um, a lot of people are saying that the smaller companies, right, you want to even a one man show. You know, I just went and like somebody just got their master's and started their own business and trying to figure out how to grow their business. So they give us a call and we kind of walk them through the process based on their provincial regulations and show them where the forms are and how to access them. And that's, I think, been a real uh, a real guiding support for the employers, um, because, again, you know, um, Sometimes the government websites are harder to navigate and find everything you need to find. So because we've kind of done that research, we are able to help you faster and more efficiently find what you need in order to be able to get this grant as fast as possible to get you on your way to growing your business. It's good to know. It's great to know, actually. 
makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. So I just, I'm just trying to think of any other questions that um, other contractors might be inquiring about um, if they haven't, but uh, the majority, when we first met, we start talking, I actually started talking to some of the trades that I know in their businesses and they've gone down some of this road. The unfortunate thing is that most of them have not had good experience with the pool of kids. They right. just, it didn't work. Uh, yeah. It just didn't work out. And then they didn't go through this program. They just hired somebody on, brought them on, but it just didn't right. work out. So then they have that bad taste regarding yeah. the pool. So I don't, and, I, and I'm not dismissing the pool, right? No, but bad tastes can come at any time in your life. Of it's you know, what you choose to taste next. Um, and a weird analogy that that was. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, like it happens in every sector. So if you're going to get down about it, then that's something that you just need to reevaluate and re-realize that what the government is trying to do and what our program is trying to do is provide you with that little bit of help to hire that person. And then we're not going to take it from you if it doesn't work out. Again, I just want to reiterate that we will not take the money back if that apprentice does not work out for your company. It is not your fault. You tried. Um, but again, touching on retention, it's I think right now it's because it's the apprentice's game. It, you know, it used to be the employer's game. It yeah. used to be kind of like a closed knit club. And now we need so many people to to work. And the apprentices are kind of, um, or the new hires are running the show in terms of, I can leave and find somebody who's going to either treat me better because we're still seeing the, you know, not nice treating of uh, apprentices, which I think goes again into educating. Um, and I guess financial is another big one which is why a lot of the employers are struggling to hire new people because they just can't afford it. You know, with the rising of paying like salaries, everything. rising cost of tools, you know, food, everything. So can, um, can a small business, um, can they work with the apprentice to go on a part-time basis or yep. yeah. Doesn't right. Matter. Full-time, part-time, up to you. Um, the thing with the apprenticeship, really, like for them specifically, is their hours, right? Yes. So, you know, you as an employer can hire them on part-time. That doesn't matter. As long as you're registered with the ministry, like that's all we need as proof that you've hired that apprentice. And then once you're in your logbook, right, they'll just get hours a little bit slower. That's which, all it is, yeah. You know, what it is, Which, is they'll just go to school a little bit later i'm and, just thinking about the really small businesses that they may not have as much work as they can yes. offer so then yeah. they still want to take somebody on but they may not be able to give them 40 hours a week to pull that off yeah. so then they can start adding to their hours right yeah okay so that's yeah. an option which is great to hear absolutely okay do do, do the employers of the business get, get any cool swag from the government or is that just an oxymoron statement? If you come to the trade shows that we end up at, I got a lot of stress balls. I got your how, stress ball. I know you we, gave it to me. Exactly. I know. know I, I still have it. It's on my desk. People. Yeah. So I have that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I use mine on a regular basis. I think, I think you I should. I have to I, sing on a podcast. <laughs> it's probably the only podcast that asks people to do that. So we want to be unique. 
You did great, yeah, by the you. way. Come on. Um, I, I think we covered quite a bit, so I think it's pretty straightforward. And if anybody who's listening just has any other, more questions, just reach out to you or even just go Absolutely. online because the website's there. We'll put it in the show notes and just go directly to the website and then start, first of all, registering, filling out the forms and getting that whole process started, right? So, Yeah, yeah. And again, you know, we have our job board where you can post the jobs. And if you want us to help you connect with a college near you, more than happy to do that. Um, and again, it's up to $10,000 per apprentice, two per fiscal. And uh, we're with you every step of the way. Trades at careerlauncher.ca. I love it. All right, we've got the 12 questions left. You ready for this? Oh, man. <laughs> They're not right or wrong. This is just strictly fun. That's all this all is, right. fun. Um, right. What is your favorite construction word? Uh, foundation. What is your least favorite construction word? Stigma. What turns you on in construction? Mm. What? What? <laughs> you had a thought. Shirtless men, I guess. Okay. All right. We'll go there. Is that still allowed? I guess it is. Summer season. Oh, probably coming. not. I would say the safety standards are probably. Uh, well, Not yeah, like technically you could there. argue the fact that, I, I don't know, maybe it depends on how hairy he is. He could be wearing a sweater. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what turns you on? In, I'm sorry. What turns you off in construction? Oh, uh, poor training. Yeah, it's true. Because you just, you, sh- you shake your head at that someone has such potential and it wasn't guided correctly right yeah i know yeah. uh what's your favorite curse word we haven't been swearing so if you want we can keep it clean uh no it's okay um uh for fuck's sake i say quite often that's a classic yeah. uh yeah. what's your favorite vehicle in the entire world vehicle plane that's your favorite vehicle because it means you're traveling somewhere and getting away Yep, 100%. (laughs) Anywhere warm. That's a first for us to someone say a plane. I never thought about it that way. We've had somebody say the space shuttle, but that's because of (laughs) other reasons. What's your least favorite vehicle? Uh, hmm. I guess bicycle. Bicycle? Yeah. Isn't Ottawa, because you're in Ottawa, right? Yeah. Isn't Ottawa sh- a bicycle town? I should bicycle more, but <laughs> I just I don't know. What construction sound or noise do you love? Oh, that's a <laughs> none. None? They're all a, really? None. none. That's why I married an electrician. He's very quiet. <laughs> Still has to drill. He has to drill holes. He has to drill holes yeah, through lumber. Ah, but wiring not, isn't exactly loud. wiring's pretty quiet unless it's commercial yeah. and then he's running BX. It's there that, you go. That metal stuff. Not there that often. What construction yeah. sound or noise do you hate? Uh, the drill. Any drill. Any drill. What? Usually on metal. Drill on metal, I would say, is probably the hardest uh, to really to stand. Yeah. I feel it in my teeth when I hear it. It's chalkboard, chalkboard. <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? Uh, would you be a crafting professional a or a landscape professional? Probably, actually, I would go into that. I love gardening, huge gardener. So, yeah. Okay. What profession would you not like to do? 
Oh, probably dentist going back with the drill and the mouth and no thanks. I know. Well, yeah. last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? Oh, <laughs> the show gets deep. You, you tried your best. <laughs> That's all he's going to say. Come you on tried in. your best. Come on in. You tried. You tried so hard. <laughs> You're allowed. Ashley, thank you so much for being on the show. Really appreciate your thank time. Thank you so much for having me. It's I love what you're doing. Show. This is great. And honestly, I encourage anybody who's listening to check it out. Check out the program. Reach out to her email. So everyone, check it out again. It's uh, CCAN Colleges and Institute of Canada, www.careerlauncher.ca forward slash apprenticeships. Trades at careerlauncher.ca and on Facebook, Career Launcher. On Twitter, it's Careers to Launch. And on LinkedIn, it's CCAN Career Launcher. Thank you. Thank you. It was great. All right, Angelina, we're out of here. <laughs>